Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. In the weeks leading up to Easter, April 5th on the Gregorian, or sometimes called the Western Calendar. And with me in the studio today, who are you? Obadiah Smith, Jr. Obadiah Smith. (laughs) Always glad to see you. Thanks for coming alongside. It's good to be back, Jim. And I know that you, like me, really have some treasured memories of Easter growing up. Yes, I do. It's a very important day in the Christian year for anyone who thinks that Jesus is Lord. It's the day we celebrate his resurrection. Yes. But let's just say, every Sunday is Resurrection Day. Yes, it is, Jim. Because the Scripture tells us that Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week. And that's why believers get together on Sunday. It's been called in the New Testament the Lord's Day because it was that one day set aside to worship Jesus as Lord because of the resurrection. So it should be a reminder to us in every week's cycle that on that first day of the week, oh, we stop and remember, Jesus rose from the grave. But as we think about that, we sometimes are in the groove that, well, that's kind of a great story and Jesus is a spirit and there's a kind of like other dimension to it. But the power of the Easter story is not that Jesus just rose from the grave in some kind of spiritual sense, but that he actually came back in physical form. Yes. I mean, that's the reality. And not only did he come back then in physical form, his promise is, I'm coming back a second time in a physical way, and every eye will see him then. And that's not just a spiritual eye. I think it means everybody is going to, with their physical eyes, see Jesus in a physical way returning to this world. And we live in the period between that first resurrection appearance and his second one. And this series of programs on Viewpoint, Obadiah, we're just kind of talking about the power of that that resurrection, that that reality of coming back from the grave. Last week, you told me that you had lost your mom. Yes, sir. You loved her. And there's always a kind of vacant place in your heart when someone you love is gone. And you know you can't call them. You can't hug them. You can't have dinner with them again. All of us understand that, and when we're touched by death, there's a kind of finality about it. And yet, you think, Obadiah... I believe it. I know it. That you're going to dine with your mother again someday. Yes, I will, Jim. Not sure exactly when that's going to be. Those days are numbered in the hands of God. But she loved Jesus, and the promise of a new resurrection body is hers. Yes. And yours too. Yes. And someday you'll see that again. All of us need to remember that Easter is not just about having some tulips bloom in our yard and we can start over fresh and new. That's important truth, but it's even more important than that. That is, that even when we die, if we die in Christ, we will also be resurrected to a body like Jesus found himself in at his resurrection. He's the first fruit, and we will follow him today. Let's talk about one of the resurrection experiences that is recorded for us in the history of the New Testament, preserved for us so that we can learn about the power and the reality of a tangible, touchable, material, resurrected Jesus. Stay with us.
now as you walk with us through this story today on Viewpoint, you may have some questions. You may want us to pray with you. You may even just have a comment or a thought to share. We want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you. We have a toll-free number. It operates 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Someone live always picks up the phone and will speak with you, and we want to hear from you. Write this number down, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're always by the phone, and we're always so glad to hear from you. We'll give you the number again at the end of our broadcast, but just want to give you that heads up. We are an interactive program and are glad to hear from our audience. Obadiah, one of the most famous narratives of Jesus in the flesh after he rose from the grave is found in Luke chapter 24. Famously called The Walk to Emmaus, captured in great art over time. Yes, it is, Jim. A beautiful portrait of the living Christ in human form after he once was murdered on a cross, buried in a grave, and then raised up, walking on a road with two people that he has loved and that who loved him. But strangely, they didn't know who they were walking with for a time. Let's visit that story as we think about what we today can learn about the power of the resurrected Jesus from this story. Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 13. And, and at those places where Jesus talks, Obadiah, just because you are who you are, I'm going to ask okay. you, you be Jesus. Only today, Jim. <laughs> okay. You, you read those parts, and uh, I'll lead off. This is Luke chapter 24. It is the Bible, beginning with verse 13. That same day, and here it refers to that first Easter Sunday, the same day that Jesus rose from the grave in the morning, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. I've been to the Holy Land, and actually it's always startling when you're driving from the airport in Tel Aviv towards Jerusalem, and there's an exit to Emmaus, and you can't help but remember this story when you see it. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. Why, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and the other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. But then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and that they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. 
Suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us?
the story of Cleopas and the unnamed disciple on the road to Emmaus, being intersected by Jesus and walking with him for quite a distance, finally sitting down to dine in the cool of the evening with him and then recognizing who it was. I mean, the amazing experience that they've had. And and they realized, even when they didn't know who they were walking with, that there was something extraordinary about his explanations and his thought process. But then suddenly realized, man, this this is Jesus. He is back from the grave in a human, tangible form. And the first thing we need to learn from this story, as all of the post-resurrection stories of the New Testament, is that Jesus came back from the grave in a literal, physical, flesh and blood resurrection body. It has some mysterious properties. It's not exactly like the body we have now. I know that because, well, they didn't recognize it at first, so there's something in the way which he, he came back in a resurrected body that was not immediately recognizable. And also it seems to transcend some of the physical limitations of our present bodies. He disappears even as they recognize who he is. And in other stories, he will appear even though the doors did not open. But that said, it's still real. They can shake his hand. They can feel his breath. They can hear his voice. They can see him with their eyes. They touch him. And he touches and holds the bread at their table. I mean, this is a physical Jesus. Never forget this. Easter is not just about spiritual reality. It's about spiritual reality that empowers physical transformation. And all of us who embrace Jesus as Lord have the promise of being physically transformed too in time when our Lord returns. What else do you learn about Jesus as a person on this journey to Emmaus, Obadiah? It's amazing, Jim, that while they were in the presence of Christ, Christ was about engaging them in communication and talking to them to where Christ was listening to them as far as what was coming out of their heart. He's a great listener. Always in the scripture you find him teaching, but also listening. But I think if I was coming back from the grave and I were to run across you, Obadiah, as you were walking down some road in our town, I think I'd probably say, hey, Obadiah, I've got some stuff to tell you. Let me tell you about what it was like to die, and let me tell you about how I came back, and hey, check this body out. Is this amazing? (laughs) Look at me! (laughs) But Jesus doesn't like that. He's still focused on us. He's still listening to us. Is that because he doesn't know what they're going to say? No, I think it's an engagement of the heart. Christ wants to meet you where you are. And I think by his asking questions, he's drawing them out. Yes. He's helping them understand their own points of view. He's helping them kind of stake out some ground by asking the questions before he steps in to stretch them a little bit. And so in that interactive, personal way, he communicates. Never forget this. The resurrected Jesus is in the business of listening and speaking, communicating, interacting, just as you've described. And you know what else, Obadiah, that strikes me in the story? He's still in command of the scriptures. Again, if I had been murdered on a cross and buried in a grave and then gone through the experience of resurrection and and been poured into a new resurrected body, does it really matter what the Old Testament says or what the New Testament says or what that whole Bible thing is about? Yes, it does matter. (laughs) And what Jesus is doing in his command of Scripture is he's helping them see how his journey, implausibly from their point of view, actually fulfills the prophecy of the Word. And often the Scripture's power is not just to give us advance warning of something, but to glorify God when events happen. And we look back and say, whoa. Yes, Jim, you're you're absolutely correct. I, I see it as 
Christ is interpreting his story to them for them to understand it more clearly. And he's using the scriptures. The scriptures. That he is the fulfillment of scripture. Yes. And what you're experiencing with me, even though they're not sure who it is yet, is altogether legit because the scripture already has prophesied that this would be the outcome. And that helps them understand the Messiah differently. In this, he's challenging their prejudices. Prejudice means to prejudge. And many of us have prejudgments based on what we've experienced or been told that are apart from what the Bible actually says. And here he's helping them see the Bible with fresh new eyes. I'm also impressed by the way in which he prays. If I die and come into a new resurrection body, do I still need to pray? Yes. He's still in communion with the Father. He's still in the business of communicating with God, not just them. He's praying. He prayed before the cross, and now we see him praying after the cross. And there's something in that for us, because I think when I get my resurrection body, which, oh, but I'm just going to give a heads up, it's going to be really cool, <laughs> and yours too, okay, we'll still be in the business of praying and worshiping and acknowledging God, and that that's a good thing. It's life-giving, even in a resurrected body. And what's, what's the thing he does that just turns the whole story? He blesses them, Jim. <laughs> in the ordinary way, with a common meal, but somehow... Christ is still in the form of giving blessings. And he offers a blessing on the food. Yes. Never take your table grace for granted. Never imagine it's incidental or it's just some kind of rote ritual. No, no, there's real power. And the power of the living Christ can show up. And you can see things and recognize things when you bless a meal. And the fact that Jesus is here blessing helps me understand that even though he's triumphed over the grave, hell's greatest weapon, the devil's last stop, the nuclear arsenal of of the devil himself has been stayed by the power of Christ. For all of that power he now wields in his hand, he uses it to bless. Yes. And it's in that blessing that they recognize him. It's not his resurrected body that gives him the clue. It's the nature of who he is to bless that helps them understand. And I guess at the end of the day, these two men are hugely changed by their intersection with the resurrected Christ. Yes. If you actually listen to Jesus, if you understand the spirit of the resurrected Christ, even today, I promise you, you will be changed. You can't stay the same. And that can lead you to a day when you also will find Jesus in the flesh even as you yourself are resurrected from the grave. The scripture tells us that all of us who die before the Lord returns will be called up from the grave into a new resurrected body at his return. And for those who are still alive when he comes back in a physical form, there will be a union in the skies and a transformation of our existing flesh into that new resurrection body. And in all of this, there is a promise. It is the Easter promise today. We're here to tell you that Easter is not about some happy little story alone. The promise of the gospel is not just that your spirit will live on after your body dies in some kind of impersonal force like in a Star Wars movie. You're not simply going to be part of a karma in a cycle of life somehow blended in with all the other life forces. No, your unique individuality, your unique personality, even your unique body, improved, new, and better, is all in store. How do you get there? You surrender into the life of Christ now. You ask for his forgiveness, ask him to make you holy and pure, ask him to cause you to be born new and fresh, 
and follow him, and you'll walk with him right into a new body, a resurrected body, just like he has. You can take a step with us right now in that direction by joining us in prayer. Our Father, we're so thankful for the story of our resurrected Christ. For this record in Luke's gospel, Luke the physician who so carefully researched his sources to capture for us this very important narrative. We're thankful for Cleopas and the unnamed disciple and how they walked with Jesus and then saw him. Thank you, Lord, for the promise that we can see him too. I pray that your Holy Spirit will open our eyes and for all those listening and joining us in prayer, open their eyes too, that we might have just a glimpse of our Jesus in glory. And I pray, Lord, that you will forgive us for Jesus' sake and that you will empower us by Jesus' Spirit and that you will make us holy and transform us by your Holy Spirit and prepare us for that day when we also must meet you face to face. And when we do, may we also see with amazement our own new resurrected body, even as Jesus has been resurrected from the grave. Thank you for hearing our prayer. We offer it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just as I am without one but that your blood was shed for me. And now I hear you calling me, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one, Just as I am, though tossed about, with many conflicts, many doubts, fighting within and fears without, but Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, just as I am. Without a hope of any kind, but all I need in you I find, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, O with many conflicts, many doubts,
again, give us a call. Dial this number 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone, and we would love to talk to you. And Obadiah, if someone does not want to pick up the phone but would prefer to go online and reach out to us, what's our web address? They can reach us at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there. You can also look at our archived bank of programs and listen online, and you can send us an email. We will reply. At the last, if you prefer, just send us a letter by surface mail. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But by whatever method you choose, whether you call us or go online or send us a note by post, let us hear from you this week. Obadiah, just a few weeks till Easter. Yes, it's coming. Time for some marshmallow peeps and some great music and to go into church. And boiled eggs. Boiled eggs. All right, you can have them. (laughs) And we want to thank you for joining us, too. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue our exploration of the resurrection appearances of Jesus, flesh and blood, our living Christ. Until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.